shalom, shalom. Once again, Aquathian. Peace be unto y'all, ladies, and the water for joining me, Shira Yawakana, on another episode of A Woman's Halakha. This time, we are going to be discussing the concept of mixed fibers. Um, I'm going to give you some fair warning. As, I, as always, I'm trying to get this in while I can, and um, it is not the perfect time. It's the perfect time for me to slip away. However, you will hear in the background um, the church down the street from us um, either blowing the shofar or singing and I guess what you would call worshiping loudly. It always sounds like a concert. And above me, uh, we have a booth being built. Right now we are getting ready to enter into the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles and we are getting a head start on it today um, and I know it'll probably go into this, this evening um, where uh, be, but you know you want to start with the daylight and um, I don't think we had all of our materials <laughs> so you got to get it while you can purchase it because you know the first day is a holy day so there's construction above me and there's loud noises to the right of me, but we're going to try to get this in, okay? So I am going to be, to start, we're in Deuteronomy 22.11. So Deuteronomy had 22 had a little, uh, a couple good juicy pieces of meat for the Aquathian to um, digest, kind of chew up and digest, and I'm going to help you through that because this... Um, just like um, the what the clothing that pertains to the man, this was something that was taught to us incorrectly, and over time we got a better understanding. And um, I'm here to help you walk through it yourself. Now, there's different understandings for this, but. I'm going to go based on just what the word says, okay, and my knowledge of textiles. Uh, and I don't know if I told you guys I'm a fashion merchandising major, which if you don't know, that's not a designer in any way, shape, or form, but it has to do with the business end of the retail industry. So let it, let's just dive in. It's been like almost three minutes of me just talking about not the verse, but here we go. Deuteronomy 22:11 Thou shalt thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts as of woolen and linen together. All right. Let me first point out to you okay cuz really it'll say that you're not supposed to see when you read that it says you're not supposed to wear a garment of diverse sorts such as See, such as woolen and linen together. So when you put that as there, that as gives it the connotation that it's, for example, don't mix, um, I don't have a garment with diverse sorts such as woolen and linen. Um, and it gives it the connotation that it means any type of mixed fibers. But if you look at that verse, 
in English, you'll see that that word as is written in italics. And if you didn't know, any word that you see in the scriptures that is written in italics means, and you know, look at the little footnotes in your Bible. But what it means is that it was added. That wasn't actually part of the Hebrew text. It was added um, during the translation to, and basically the addition is to make it make sense or give it meaning, okay, in English. Now, um, so when you're, so that, that addition, like I said, it gives it a different connotation. If you took the as of, or if you took, if you took the as out, and it says the garment, thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts of wool and linen, it gives it a totally different context. It means, then it means, oh, you're not so wear, we're supposed to wear a garment made of woolen and linen. And that is what the verse actually means. How do you know that, Shara? How do you know? Well, let's go to Leviticus 19.19. Leviticus 19.19. Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. There it is. Okay. So let's just stay focused on what we're talking about because it's Deuteronomy 22.11 and in Leviticus 19.19, the tail end of it edifies um, Deuteronomy 22.11. And really what it is, is that Leviticus 19.19 came first, right? Because Leviticus is when you are issued the law through Moses and Deuteronomy is where Masha Moses is reiterating and telling us, kind of go walking through us again, like, don't forget this, this, and this, and this, this, and this, and this is what the law says, and this is what the law says. So Leviticus 19.19 comes first and tells you, you're not supposed to have a garment mingled of linen and wool come upon you, right? So that's it. That's it in a nutshell. It does not mean all mixed fibers it does not mean you cannot mix wool and cotton. That's not prohibited. It does not mean you can not mix um, cotton and spandex. It doesn't talk about that. That's not part of the law. So I was taught that you had to wear 100% fibers. Um, so 100% cotton, 100% wool, 100% linen, 100% polyester, 100% rayon, 100% acetate, you name it, it had to be 100%. And we did attempt to do that, and I, um, it was difficult. And I'll tell you what, I always fell short. Always. Always, always. Because um, I'll tell you, the bras are challenging. The bras are challenging and because there's usually some spandex mixed in, it's not just going to be a 100% um, nylon 
there's usually some sort of um, spandex mixed in. So the bras were challenging, but you can, you know, find 100% cotton bras. But for me, not um, being particularly well off, the socks, the socks were not achievable for me. So in my attempt to try to achieve the 100% fibers rule that was explained to me by, um, I think my husband at the time, and I'm, I'm assuming he had it from whatever elder he was talking to from One West, they said, and they gave us the 100% rule. Well, the socks, there's always some sort of spandexy type blend in socks, unless you spend about 20, 30, 20 to 40 dollars a pair of socks for cotton or wool, 100% cotton or 100% wool socks. They're expensive. And then, you know, you have little ones and you you need more than one pair of socks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, may, you might be able to get one pair of socks, but, you know, for me, it was never achievable to be able to put my family in 100% um, socks. And so we always fell short. And of course, you fall on the crutch. Well, we're in captivity, da, da, da. But, you know, it always left you feeling like, dang, I can't do this. And, you know, you do fall back on the, the um, crutch of grace, which is, you know, true and all. But uh, what, But the reality is, is that we didn't need to be so worried about it because once you look at Leviticus 1919, you understand that it only prohibits the mixing of two specified fibers. Now, since I said that, let's get more technical. So when you're dealing with mixed fibers, particularly we're looking at linen and wool, what you're looking at, so the way um, fibers and yarns and fabrics are created is through a process. So you have the plant or the animal, obviously, because wool comes from sheep. And then, you know, you um, make it so that it's these little fibers or these little pieces. You know, like when you shake your clothes and it, you can see in the sun, like these little pieces of fibers that are kind of just floating around. They're floating around in the air, like little individual pieces. Those are fibers. So what happens is you take a collection of fibers and you spin them together to make yarn. And that's where you get like um, <clears throat> the distal and the staff spoken of in um, Proverbs 31. That's what you're utilizing that for is to take these, these individual fibers and you're spinning them into one long piece of yarn. That's what it's called, it's called a yarn. Um, and if you know anything about yarn, yarn comes in various fineness, um, finenesses. That's not really a word, it's called gauge. Um, comes in various gauges, which is how thick or fine it is for how we find. 
So generally speaking, and I could be wrong here because I'm no knitting expert and it's been a while since I've been in the industry, but from what I can recall, the smaller the number gauge, the fatter the yarn. And the larger the number gauge, the skinnier the yarn. But anyway, my point is, is that that yarn is then create taken and um, it's either, either woven into a fabric and that's where you use the loom and you weave it in under, under, up, over, up, over, under, under, up, over, that kind of thing. You probably did it as like um, a paper basket or something when you were a child in school the, to learn the concept of weaving. Um, and then um, the other option is to either knit or crochet. Well, crocheting falls into the category of knit because there's three categories of fabrics woven which i explained non-woven which i'm not going to explain but it means it's neither a woven nor a knit and then knit is the third one so um that means so you know if you take that yarn and you knit it um and there's a machines that they have nowadays that do knitting and that's where you get your t-shirts your jersey knits from is from that and then you have also you know your hand knitting that people still do and that's what they call a craft so that's all included um and what you what you then have is either a finished product or you have a finished finished piece of fabric that can be then made into a garment so at that point when you're twisting the yarns or when you're twisting the fibers together if you you can do it in a hundred percent or you can do it in a blend and that right there is the key so if um, someone were to decide that they wanted to use a little bit of wool and a little bit of linen and twist them together to make a yarn and then somebody takes that yarn and creates it into either a garment or a fabric that somebody's going to make into a garment then boom that is the fabric that you're not supposed to put on now if somebody decides that they want to use um see linen is linen and um cotton sometimes go together because linen itself can be expensive and they'll kind of put those two together and give you a fabric that's linen like but um which is fine if you want to wear that that's fine because it's not going against the law um however what all i'm saying is that at that point where they were combined when they were twisting the fibers together to create a yarn they utilized two different kinds of fibers to make that yarn which resulted in fabric which then made an end product or a garment okay and that that ladies is the very long of it of what you're not supposed to buy so when you go to a fabric store now and i will tell you this linen and wool is not a combination i have ever seen and i have worked retail for 
years, years. I don't even know how many years. I've worked retail for years. I have been sewing for years, going to Joanne and looking at various fabrics for sewing projects. Never, ever have I once encountered a fabric that was composed of linen and wool together. Does that mean it doesn't exist? La. I'm just telling you. It yes, mama. It's not very common. Okay, so just be cautious, but um, it's very rare that you'll. Uh, it's I've never seen it, so I'm assuming it's very rare that you'll ever find that combination. Now, um, within that, since I'm explaining to you what mingled fibers are, that means. Now, I don't know why anybody would want to do this, but that means if you wanted to, you could take a piece of linen fabric and sew it together with a piece of wool fabric and still be within the scope of the law. Now, those particular, I would never do that because they don't particularly go together. They're, yeah, they're just, one's definitely more sturdy than the other. I would never do that. But, you know, if you were hard-pressed and for whatever reason you wanted to combine textures or what have you, you could do that and still be within the scope of the law and not be in violation and not be sinning. So, you know, like I said, if you want to do two, two panels, if you wanted to wear a linen garment and then you put a wool vest on top, it's, again, no problems, all good. I think as far as the mixed fibers are concerned, I think I covered everything. So... You do not have to wear 100% fibers. You can if you want to. That is a per personal preference. Uh, I know when uh, before, um, I like I hadn't been in the truth all that long, and I was working retail, and there was a, 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 a Edomite lady that came in, and she only wanted 100% cotton, or like 100% natural fibers. Um, and that was a challenge. Um, but you know, I was trying to help her help her look for anything in the store that was 100%. That was her personal preference. You too can have the same personal preference. I personally like 100% um, natural fibers, and I think part of it is because um, of the initial programming that everything had to be 100%. So that's my personal preference. However, I don't get caught up on it. You know. Um, if there's something that I like and it's a mixed fiber, then I'll go ahead and go for it. Um, but I'm I, personally, <laughs> I'm extremely particular about my fabrics. I don't really mess with polyester too much. So, so even if it, you know, if it's if I don't mess with polyester too much, and so that can kind of get me from buying something, even if I like it, it's like ooh, it has polyester in it. So anyway, that's my personal preference. And I keep saying it's my personal preference and it can be your personal preference because as soon as I say, well, you can't mix any fibers. Um, you can't wear, you know, that cotton spandex pair of underwear because it's a mix. As soon as I say that and start prohibiting people from wearing mixed fibers because I'm saying it's against the law I am now adding to the law 
And the most and the most high doesn't want you adding to the law. He doesn't want you taking away from it. He doesn't want you adding to it. It's just the law. He gave you the law. It is the law. And if there's nothing um, written about something that you're doing, and you can clearly see that it's within the scope of the law, then there's no violation. We know that, right? So that's why you have to always be careful with your words. That's why you always have to be careful with how you express yourself because your personal preference is fine. But as soon as you start mandating other people and telling them what they can or cannot do, you're venturing into doctrine. And now you are, if it's not coinciding, coinciding with what the word says, then you're either adding to or subtracting away from the law. And that's a no-no. So that's why I'm very clear and very precise with what I'm saying. Oh, well, and let me, since we're on Leviticus 19.19, I'm going to hit it real fast. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it's saying that you're not supposed to let the cattle um, reproduce with the diverse kinds. Um, so you cannot, so two different species of cattle can mix and create a cow, right? But you would not be um, permissible to breed um, an ox and a buffalo. Those are not the same kind. They're diverse. Likewise, you're not supposed to sow um, mingle seed, which is like a lot of the um, GMO hybrid type stuff. So like I wouldn't eat, um, I don't know what they call it, but that creation that they've made, which is a cross between a cauliflower and a broccoli. And it's like a light thing, light green, semi-cauliflower looking thing. I wouldn't eat that. That's mixed. That's some Frankenstein type stuff. Um, and do your research because, you know, like you can do your research and you'll see that lemon, they'll say lemons and apples are hybrids. Well, they're hybrids with other lemons and apple type species, like the same type of thing. Um, and they've been, you know, um, I'm going to say selectively bred to be what they are now. But one hybrid that some people don't realize is that a rutabaga, that is a hybrid. It originated as a hybrid between the cabbage and the turnip. So we shouldn't be messing with rutabagas, okay? Um, um, oh, oh, oh. So somebody asked me about um, this fruit that was a mixture of stone fruit. Um, and I think it was like a cherry and a plum mixture. And so they're both stone fruit. They're pretty similar, like in the same kind of family. But it then created like a whole other type of fruit. So... Um, I don't personally know, I don't have the scientific knowledge of how close something needs to be in relationship to, like, its um, um, genus and species, like, how close they need to be in order for it to be permissible. I don't have that knowledge, okay? So I would say to err on the side of caution and stay away from it. If it's something new that you've never seen before... 
that you've never heard of and you look it up and you find out it's a hybrid, I wouldn't mess with it. Not only is it a hybrid, but, you know, a lot of these, and I'll tell okay, so a lot of these things that are hybrids, even if they are, came from two different types of tomato, to give you this new tomato, they're not going to have the same amount of nutrients in them that a old school heirloom tomato is going to have because it hasn't been altered. Your body knows how to process that. Your body knows what to do with it. It has a um, higher amount of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, all that stuff. And the, I think that's part of the problem with particularly America's food sources that it's been so altered that it doesn't really have the nutritional value that it's supposed to have. So a lot of people, their bodies are starving for vitamins and minerals that they think they're getting, but they're not getting an adequate supply because the fruits and vegetables and the foods in general have been stripped due to the GMO processing and manipulation. So even if it is lawful, I will tell you that you know, that they've been, you know, like the lemons and such, they've been crossbred. Now, now the whole seedless thing, that's a whole nother episode. It's a whole nother episode. Because we are supposed to eat, I'm going to mention it real fast, we are supposed to eat fruits and vegetables that have seeds, okay? And that also goes into the GMO thing. But my, what I'm saying is that go for the heirloom. <laughs> if you have an heirloom, you don't have to worry about it being mixed with diverse seeds because those are an old variety prior to um, science um, and the science manipulation that we see now. Now the, oh gosh. now, the Mayans, they're probably one of the first people to start getting into genetic modification of um, plants, and that's with the corn. Uh, but again, they did it by selective breeding, and they crossed, and they they looked at, oh, this plant produced a lot of these kernels. Oh, and so did this one. Let's breed these two together, okay? That's totally different than, so now the, 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 the corn, the corn, because the Mayans are the ones that, that cultivated the corn. Now corn looks completely different from the way that the plant looked Um before um, settlement by um, before colonization it looks completely different Um, but it's a lawful breeding because you're taking you know it's like taking the two most beautiful people in the city and telling them here you need to go breed and have babies and that's what they do and you have more beautiful babies that come from these beautiful people nothing wrong with that I mean you might have some social issues with it but you know it's not wicked by any means okay so anyway don't let your cat your the the animals are supposed to reproduce with animals um, similar to like them same breed the fruits and vegetables are supposed to reproduce with the same types of fruits and vegetables to bring forth vegetables that are not mingled. And cloves are not supposed to be mixed of linen and wool. And I know there's another 
understanding where people will say, oh, that means you're not supposed to mix animal and plant fibers together. And I will say to you, that is not what the scripture says. The scripture specifically says linen and wool. And that's where that whole as throws everything off in Deuteronomy 22.11. If that as wasn't there, then there wouldn't be all of this confusion and there wouldn't be these different interpretations of what this law means because it's pretty self-explanatory without that as in italics being there. All right, it's 29 minutes. I'm gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, go, go. Have things to do. But you'll be getting another episode from me shortly talking about fringes because that is Deuteronomy 22.12. And it'll be pretty uh, to the point and such. I'm still working. Actually, I haven't been working on it, but it is still on the slate to do the leprosy because it's important that you know it even though you might not think it's relevant it still does apply to today and I have a diaper to change so with that being said y'all shalom lakan peace be unto y'all ladies and shalom peace